American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Olivia Lunny over Zoom video. Olivia tells us about being born and raised in Winnipeg and how she got into music. Her dad was a musician who ended up teaching her how to play guitar around 12 years old, and that's when she started songwriting as well. At 14, she was able to play a pretty big festival in Canada, and from there, she fell in love with songwriting and performing. She self-released her very first EP, which not only grabbed the attention of a television show in Canada called The Launch, but she was also nominated for Pop Artist of the Year at the Western Canada Music Awards. She tells us about being approached by The Launch via email and how the application process went there. She ended up winning The Launch, had a great single called I Got You. She told us about releasing her follow-up EP called To The Ones I Loved, getting signed to Universal Music, how the pandemic really affected even that that second EP to the ones I love because it came out in 2020. She also told us about co-writing over Zoom and her brand new debut self-titled album. You can watch our interview with Olivia Lunny on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Olivia Lunny. So uh, our podcast is all about you and your journey in music, Sweet. how you got to where you are now, and we'll talk about your first full-length record awesome. as well. Great. I'm ready. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, from Canada, tell me about uh, where were you born and raised? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in uh, Manitoba, so Winnipeg, right in the center of Canada, and I'm currently in Toronto right now. Um, so grew up full time in, in Winnipeg till I was around 18 and then started kind of commuting back and forth to Manitoba and Ontario and spending a lot more time in, in Toronto now since I'm doing the whole music thing. Very cool. Very cool. What was it like, uh, growing up in Winnipeg? Cold winters, <laughs> a lot of time to make music. So we can get into that later, but I think that's definitely who, why, why I am who I am today is because um, I grew up there, but definitely a lot of uh, great musicians coming from Winnipeg and such an amazing community. And yeah, it was a great place to grow up, I think, because it does have kind of a small town vibe and you just like meet so many people and there is that sense of community, but it's it's been fun to come to Toronto and, it's a big world out there, and you realize that the more you travel. <laughs> sure, sure. Wait, so, isn't Winni- Winnipeg's a capital, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's and it still has a small town vibe. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, maybe I'm just comparing it to Toronto, which I shouldn't. Because <laughs> Toronto. No, but yeah, city. yeah. I guess it's you're comparing it to more gigantic cities. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think just by small town vibe, it's like. You know someone, you always know like a mutual friend or you went to high school with their brother or something like that. So that's why I think it kind of has that vibe. But it's not a bad thing. It's just no, that's I think cool. an observation over the years that I've, I've grown to, to feel. Sure. Very cool. Well, and how, how did you get into music? Yeah, good question. Um, so growing up, very musical household. My dad uh, played guitar just like for fun. He was in rock bands when he was young. Never really did anything with it, but definitely lives vicariously I think through what I'm doing now that's awesome um, I have so many like vivid memories of just going to so many concerts when I was young so like Hillary Duff Josh Groban Dolly Parton my parents would just take me to wow. every concert even the earplugs <laughs> but like had really great seats and I think that was very inspiring and I always just like left 
the concerts feeling so great like everyone does and then I think as I got older and I went to these concerts it was more of a this is really great but like how can I do that one day you know like what what does it take to be the person that everyone's going to see and then everyone knows your music mm-hmm. um so I guess one thing led to another my dad taught me some chords on guitar I started writing um through high school wrote my first song at around 12 years old wow put out my first single I think it was around 16 years old doesn't exist now on online maybe somewhere uh, scrubbed it <laughs> yeah um but yeah so like released a song started recording and just like playing local coffee shops and singing as like a singer in a band as like a stand-in like a substitute singer at the odd time mm-hmm. and yeah then I was on a Canadian television show called The Launch yeah. and then I was launched and and two years later and I'm here and it's been quite a journey. Sure. I want to rewind a little bit here. Uh, I mean, seeing Dolly Parton, I mean, what was the first concert you went to? I think it was Hillary Duff at the time. Really? Yeah. You, I must have been a fan of hers. Yeah, big, big fan. I was actually a huge fan of Dolly Parton, too. So we had this like family cabin. So we'd always go there uh, when I was younger and my grandparents would always play Dolly Parton in nine to five. I forget the exact album. I think it was maybe her like greatest hits album. It was a collection mm-hmm. of a bunch, but nine to five, like Islands in the Stream. All these songs are just my like theme songs and anthems growing up. So I feel like an old soul a bit. That's right. <laughs> that. But um, yeah, such a great concert. And I believe, I'm trying to think, did Casey Musgraves open for her? Someone really great opened wow. for her at the time, which was cool because now obviously she's, she's huge. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, wow, that's cool. Were you a huge Hillary Duff fan as far as like her music career went? Because she's obviously an, an, a huge actor as well. Yeah, I think growing up, was it Lizzie McGuire that was like my favorite? Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was Lizzie McGuire, but I didn't know if I was going to like, if, if I don't know. Because I remember <laughs> no, I being on TV. <laughs> I didn't okay. for a second. But, okay. Because um, yeah. I was wondering, because I have a sister who's 11 years younger than me and she was big into Lizzie McGuire. So I'm like, am I going to be like thinking too old? Like if if you're like who's like what's Lizzie McGuire? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're 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 correct. Um, okay. Yeah, it was definitely like the acting thing. I like was a big fan of her. Had the posters, and then I realized she was a singer too. Um, so she, I think, inspired me to want to be a pop star when I was younger. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. So twelve, you picked up guitar. You said your dad played. Did you ever see him play? Like, was he in bands when you were younger, or was that um, done with no, at I that think point? He was kind of done. I was born, and I think I remember he had like one or two corporate gigs where he like picked up the guitar and was a singer. But like beyond that, it's it's been very yeah. He's definitely more of like a businessman now. But I know deep down there's like a rock star. Sure, <laughs> sure. In him. Um, was, was there like a moment that you decided that you wanted to play? Like, did you have one around the house and you were like, oh, dad, like, can you show me how to play this? Or is it kind of like, yeah, hey, do you want to check dad, this out? <laughs> no, of course. So my dad would always play. Um, and then I would ask him when I was younger, I was like, can I strum? Like, will you play the chords? And mm-hmm. I remember it's kind of cute. He would always feel like you were my sunshine and we would like sing it together. So that was oh, like, I love that. Said he just like D, G, like super easy. So I learned that. And then I actually like loved ACDC for a moment in my life because <laughs> my dad, I think I didn't really have a choice. He'd always play it going, uh, driving me to school. Um, and I was like, I want an electric guitar. So they, for Christmas, I remember I got this LTD, uh, just like red electric guitar and it was kind of smaller. So it was easier to play. Mm-hmm. So he taught me some chords on that. And then I went to acoustic after that. And then now acoustics kind of it's my baby. It's my comfort zone. So I, I I don't know how to solo or anything crazy, but I think I know enough that that I can write. 
Nice. And you wrote, started writing really young. I mean, 12 years old. Yeah. yeah those songs, uh, not, not the best songs, but it's just so funny to look back at what I was writing. You know, it's like writing love songs or breakup songs. And it's like to a breakup to a 12 year old is like so different <laughs> from like <laughs> the actuality of being a 22 year old and, and experiencing that. So it's, it's cool, I guess, to look back in retrospect and, and see that evolution. Well, you have that timestamp, right? I mean, you could hear where your mind was at when you're yeah. you're twelve. That's that's so pretty fast. cool to have. So cool, and I think that's such a cool thing about music and just like being a writer is when you listen to a song that you wrote, it really does like stamp and capture a moment in time, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's it's weird. It can be emotional sometimes, you know. Like you listen to a song, let's say I never released, but I wrote post breakup or post like moment in my life where I was kind of like struggling a bit. And it's like, wow, it's so cool. I mean, to see how far you can grow through the music. Mm -hmm. and it's very personal. Obviously, right. Like I'm writing about my own life uh, a lot of the time. So it's, it's cool. That is cool. When was the, like, after you started writing at 12, you, did you say you had a single out around that same time too? Uh, no, sorry. That, that came quite a bit later. So. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, so some, uh, some voice memos in, in my mom's phone. Um, sure. my first gig, I believe it was at the, the Winnipeg Folk Festival. We had this massive folk fest and we got some really great headliners. Um, Keys and Musgraves actually headlined a few years back. Wow. Um, so I, I performed on the side stage through this like young performance program. So I got mm -hmm. to do three original songs when I was 14. So that was my wow. first moment um, in, in front of people on stage beyond being in like grade two and, and singing the Christmas pageant, which I did do. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wow. That's a huge gig for, especially for a first show. How, how were you able to land that one? Uh, just through this like whole application process. Um, there's this resource called Manitoba Music, uh, where I'm from, and they're just really amazing at encouraging youth and young people to do music and and show them that it can be a career versus just like a hobby mm -hmm. um, so through kind of that newsletter and that whole thing i found the application process and applied with my three original demos that i just like on garage hacked together um, oh cool yeah wow oh you just recorded them yourself on garage band would well, you just push record and played acoustic guitar and sang over it or was it like more yeah. produced than that? Oh, wow. No, I um, I had this little, I think it's called the Snowball Microphone. It says blue on it. I forget the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. blue is the company, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's like this circle with this little tripod. Uh -huh. And I just like press record. You can like hear the washer and the dryer in the background. Oh, sure. <laughs> no EQ going on. <laughs> it's authentic. It's raw. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Those are the best recordings. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I have a song called bed sheets um i released on my ep last mm -hmm. year and we ended up keeping that like original vocal we did in the demo and you can like hear some like noises if you really listen to the track but sometimes That's you cool. can't replicate the feeling from when you first write it yeah there's some there's something to be said about some of that like grit and like having kind yeah. of those cool little Absolutely. almost like easter eggs that most people would never hear and until they hear you say it and then it's like going back like oh yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah 100%. um i was gonna ask you like so you got to play like oh yeah i was gonna talking about that show that you got to play like canada's really embraces the arts i feel like especially mm -hmm. as far as music goes yeah. other, more than any other country i've ever interviewed somebody from other than like new zealand you guys have similar mm -hmm. um like where you can like apply for these grants and they'll help you like put records together. Like, I think that's so cool. 
So cool. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think too, like this program that I was like a part of, it's just cool to show people you you can make it a career path. Obviously, I mean, I'm still in the works of, of making that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to just even be open to the possibility and, and showing you that, you know, in the arts, like you can do it. You know? Yeah, and, and they're there to help support you. Exactly, which I think is so important because I think a lot of people are creative and they just don't even know it, especially from a young age. Yeah, and they don't have the resources or the, the funding or, you know, exactly. or anything like that. And to, to have them be so, the, the country be so supportive of that, I think that's so incredible. So incredible. Again, even like being on this TV show is just so cool to go through that process. And some like an NR from the show actually reached out to me from, sorry, I guess fast forward, I was 16, put out the single. Then by 18, I had an EP that I like recorded in like a professional studio and it was like mm-hmm. my first kind of legitimate recording. Um, so they saw this like music video that I had shot for that with my friend and they're like, you should apply to the show. And then one thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, let's go back real quick. And then I, I, that's, I want to hear how you did that. So you were 14 when you first started writing or like, rec- that's when you started recording songs. Is that when yeah. you played that show? 14? 14. Yeah. Okay. And then from 14 to what, 18, were you just working on songs and like what playing around locally coffee shops and stuff? Yeah, so lots of just kind of guitar, like playing Riptide on the ukulele by Vance Joy, all like that. basic things. Um, and then I, someone reached out to me there in this local band and they're like, hey, our singer is like traveling in Thailand. Can you come and learn these songs and, and sing for us? I was like, sure. Should have looked up what I was signing up for. I had to do like Kids by MGMT, Breeze Box by Alt-J, all these like crazy obscure songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are definitely a bit strange. Um, so I, so I did that and that's cool. Like, yeah, that's quite a, quite a cover band. I mean, like breeze blocks <laughs> by all J like I know, pretty crazy. And wow. it was at one of the gigs was like at this bar. So my parents had to come with me cause I was underage. Um, but that, that was definitely a cool experience seeing more at the time. It was like more legitimate musicians in a, playing in a band who actually got booked for a gig and probably got paid 500 bucks. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Playing shows for free. This is so cool. So that also really inspired me because it was just cool and, and being on stage and realizing that, you know, like I, I could maybe do this. It could be a thing. Yeah. Was it, was it uh, hard to like work the crowd as far as like being underage at a bar and you're playing to people that are older than you? Was that a different? Yeah. I don't remember saying much. I think next song looking back. Like, okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to start now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You count your head. One, two, three, no in-ears, just like the monitor with all this feedback, but sure. hey, it's all, it, I think it got me here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all, all stepping stones. Right. Right. And then when did you put out that EP? You said 18? I believe, yeah, it was 2017. So I was around 18 years old. And you just um, went to, you had a bunch of songs, you what, booked some studio time and, and decided to really go for it? Yeah, I had, um, I had two, I think I had two to three songs that I just had written fully on my own. And mm-hmm. then I met this producer named Murray Pulver, who's really awesome and great and kind of like a legend uh, in in Manitoba and has produced some really awesome stuff and he had a studio and then he set up a co-writing session so that was also the first my introduction to that you know because before then I was just picking up my guitar writing a full song and just recording it Mm -hmm. so that got me into I think songwriting in a deeper level and realizing that 
yeah, my songs are good. Like there's this whole art to songwriting, you know, and maybe I should repeat this part or because before then it, my songs were very, I think a bit more like abstract and weird and didn't make tons of sense, which is cool. Uh-huh. Um, but you realize like it is nice to make some more structured, pretty sounding songs. Yeah. So working with them, uh, this guy named Roman Clark, who's still a dear friend of mine today. And then Murray, we, we recorded and my parents are super supportive and, and excited. So they, they helped me fund um, those two songs and then, yeah, put out the EP uh, completely mm-hmm. like independently. I was like managing myself. I was emailing people to like book me. I was doing that all on my own. Found out what TuneCore was at the time. Was like, okay. It's crazy. This is so yeah. Um. And I think that was, yeah, my introduction into the music industry, per se. Mm-hmm. And then I got nominated uh, for a Western Canadian Music Award uh, for, for Pop Artist of the Year from that EP, which was really, really cool. Oh, wow. And this is all prior to being on the show and everything. Yeah, it is. Wow. Was that just through word of mouth? Like, how, how do you get, I mean, that's a huge I mean, thing to be nominated yeah. for, right? It is huge. Yeah. So I, I applied for it. Um, it's okay. Like, your your body work you can like submit your streaming numbers but honestly at that time i didn't even really understand what what spotify was if i'm completely honest it was just like you release music and you don't really look at the numbers you just it's out there and that's right. the end right now it's mm-hmm. like i understand the whole algorithm and playlists and and stuff like that being with a label but um yeah so it was, it was a big growing experience for me because that led to the launch, which again, kind of leveled up this whole perspective on the industry and song and pop music. And yeah. Was it, um, going into that first co-writing session, was it hard to, to do that? I mean, I, I'd imagine you're now having to be vulnerable in front of somebody you probably don't know at all or very well and kind of express your feelings to them and show them like songs that you've written. Was that, a what was that like? Yeah, I think, if I'm being honest, I think I actually really thrived in that environment and just loved having people to to share ideas with and bounce ideas off of. Because uh-huh. it's kind of a one-way street when you're writing a song by yourself. And I think the songs that right now, I, I do have a bit more understanding on songwriting, so I, I can kind of structure a song. But back then, it was like, I almost had too many ideas and I didn't know if it was a good song and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So working with people and talking about it was a really fun experience for me. But definitely nerve-wracking. And even some sessions now, I think if I'm working with like bigger artists or bigger producers, sometimes I get nervous and I like won't share all my like immediate ideas. I like meditate on it for a sec. I'm like, this is a good idea, but the best songs just happen when you you spitball everything, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And and from there, from that EP and you know, getting nominated for the pop artist of the year with the Western Canadian Music Awards, like that all kind of set this the stage for eventually becoming you know, winning, right. The launch or being on the show. Um, what, so how are you said it was a video that they approached you based on, or like, tell me about the process of being, you know, even asked by them. I can imagine that was a big moment for you. It was a big moment. Yeah. I distinctly remember, um, I worked at this candle shop and I had my laptop open. I got this email and it's a, the subject line was like TV show. What the heck is this? Probably some spam, but I opened right. it. Right. It's like, hey, we saw this song of yours and we saw the video. We, uh, this show like involves up and coming artists and we love that you write your own music. Um, fill out the application process and we'll kind of take it from there. So I never would have thought to even do something like that, but 
I mean, the universe works in mysterious ways. So I'm, I'm happy I did. So I filled yeah. out that whole application and it wasn't cryptic, but then you get emails like, okay, there's like 2000 people we've narrowed it down to you're like in that top 2000, we'll keep you updated. And then you it keep kind of be narrowing down. And then it got up to, what was it? I think like 40 people and they were only shooting, let's say 35 people for the show. So it's like, hold this time to shoot the show, but we're not sure we're not sure if you're going to be on it yet and all this stuff. So it was definitely a stressful process because now I'm all set on being on this TV show. <laughs> yeah. That must've been exciting. Did you, when you first saw the email where you just kind of like, eh, this is, did you know what the launch was? I mean, they had a season prior to that, right? Yeah. I wasn't actually super familiar um, until I, I Googled it and I Googled the artist. I'm like, Oh, I know these songs. So I, I kind of put two and two together that these songs came from that show. So that mm-hmm. got me excited. Cause I'm like, Hey, this is legit. This isn't, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is cool. Um, okay. I got the email to, on the show um i think it was it ended up being like three months later they finally narrowed it down we're like okay you can't tell anyone sign all these contracts like this is exclusive ndas and they flew me to toronto wow and uh and none of these were phone calls this is all over the i mean i can (laughs) was it less exciting like when you're like okay now i got this email saying that i'm i'm on the show like nobody was like hey congratulations you or did that end up happening there were a few calls, but the whole okay. was definitely kind of low key and I had no idea what to expect. And I think it really hit me when I was in the dressing room and there's like all these people and it's like, you kind of get this, I don't want to call it fake, but you got this team for the duration of the show, right? So it was like a publicist and all these people that I have now who are on my actual team, right? But Right. Like, oh, they kind of put you in a team, they put together almost like a team of people around you that really emulates like what a real artist would have oh wow yeah once you kind of get chosen and so went through the whole audition process got selected um recorded the song did live performance um and obviously throughout this i'm kind of intimidated because i'm used to writing folk music with my guitar and like performing live with that guitar right so they kind of take that away and they're like okay like work the stage i'm like oh my gosh what do i do yeah. oh so tell me about how the show works then so they give you the song prior to they do you just work on one song throughout the whole season it's not like a competition yeah. like it's an american idol or something like that where yeah. you so the okay. whole thing happens very quickly so there's there's five episodes and there's actually winners per episode oh, okay um, so each episode has five people and you perform for uh, judges or mentors. So I had like Scott Braschetta, um, I had Jan Arden, who's like an amazing Canadian artist, mm-hmm. Sean Frank and uh, Marie May, uh, a Francophone artist in Canada. And you um, perform with your own like covers or your own songs. And then of those five people who perform, they choose two people to then make it to the next round, which is all within one episode. So it's two days. It's an insane process. Wow. Yeah, so two people and they have this song and it's like a, a radio hit record. Um, that's what they call it. And I mean, it did well. I mean, it was a huge record. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So then you have that song that's already written by like amazing uh-huh. writers and you go and you record your version of it. So there's two people competing, recording kind of their own authentic versions of that song. Oh. And from that, you, you perform it to a live studio audience and then the judges, I guess, crown a winner. So um, you and somebody else are performing the same song and they choose who diverse, who like, did it better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wow. Wild. It was such an interesting experience. And I think I did actually really like the format of the show because it did focus on building an artist versus like 
hear just sing all these covers and, and right like American Idol and stuff. They do that sometimes. That, um, well, that's the whole show, right? I mean, that's exactly. cool that they did that. I mean, instead of like, okay, how well can you sing this, mm-hmm. you know, Lady Gaga song? It's like, well, I mean, I, yeah. I have my own opinion on those shows, and it's interesting because I've talked to actually a few people that had a handful of people actually that had been on the show or wow. got really far or won the show or whatever, and it's like they they it's like you have to fit in a certain mold right away, right? They're not gonna. It's interesting. You can tell who they're gonna choose. As yeah. bad as it sounds, like you know who's going to kind of make the top people. And when it gets to those top people, it's like, who's the most marketable? And then, of course, mm-hmm. they go always go with the most marketable person. But to have almost like a one-on-one competition with the same song, that's more, that makes a lot more sense. For sure. And and in the studio, um, like the producer, Sean Frank, which he actually produced a big portion of my album that's coming out, which is cool. We've kind of made Oh, rad. Okay. Yeah, super cool. Um, but he just kind of let me, he's like, throw whatever harmonies you want on this. Like, kind of just do your thing. So it was kind of my first moment that I got to play around with the whole pop sound, which Uh I always wanted to kind of evolve to. But being in Winnipeg, I just I feel like there weren't the right producers and I just didn't have the resources to make pop music. I was kind of stuck making more like folk music, you know. Uh So this show kind of helped push me into the direction I wanted to go um, versus push me somewhere that I was uncomfortable going. And it was uncomfortable and stressful in the moment because this was all new to me. Uh-huh. But it did end up really, I mean, essentially launching my career, I would say. Right, right, yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, because it gave, I mean, it obviously brought people, you you to people's attention at that point. I mean, mm-hmm. being on TV and now it's like, oh, what's, what's Olivia up to? <laughs> sure, yeah. And I think I've definitely made just like a bit of a departure from that exact song and sound. But it uh-huh. has fun to work with Sean and, and AJ Healy, another producer um, who's like behind the scenes on the show kind of make my own sound but still play off of that single i got you so it's yeah cool yeah wow well tell me about that uh that you put out another ep last year right called um for the, ones I, for the ones I loved and with that ep like were, were you working with any of those same people or it wasn't until the full-length record yeah so i worked with aj healy um who he works like with with sean frank but not not quite sean frank yet okay um, so he's his kind of like engineer and stuff like that so we he, he reached out to me uh, about a year after the show and he's like, what's up? If you ever want to like write, like feel free to come by the studio, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So I did exactly that. I had a few songs um, that I had written and I wanted to work with him to kind of rework them into this, this pop sound. Um, okay. Other than Bed Sheets, which is like the ballad, which I'm, I still love that song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we worked on that and put it out and it was received fairly well. And then leading into this album, we ended up getting Sean involved because he's a great writer and, and producer as well. So it's been fun to kind of slowly elevate everything and, and level up, I guess, music wise. Uh-huh. With uh, well, you said bedsheets, you recorded what? Like it was almost like the first EP, right? You said you recorded the vocals pretty like by yourself or like tell me about that because you said it had yeah. like some grit to it. Yeah. So we actually I wrote that with um, with AJ in the studio one night after we'd already kind of had a full day of, of sessions and uh-huh. I was just about to leave. And I was like, Oh, like maybe for, for next week, like I have this idea, I'll show it to you. And I showed it to him and he loved it. And we we're like, okay, screw it. Let's just sit down and, and see what we can do tonight. So it was like 1am or 2am. And we, I, we brought the guitar and I like played him the idea that I had. Um, and it was just like the opening lyric. It was like cigarette inside your hand. Wish you would hold me like that. And then from that, we ended up writing this kind of, 
homey song thing. And we're like, okay, let's just demo it quick because you wrote the whole song um, within, I guess, a few hours. Wow. I like hopped in the vocal booth, did a quick vocal. And it was definitely like an emotional song for me at the time. So I just Uh ended this relationship. So he's like, this is good. We'll get all the emotion. Just like go and sing it. Um, So I I sung it. And then we kind of just kept that demo for a week. Um, And we're like, okay, I don't know how much more needs to be done. Like vocally, we can add some harmonies, but this... (laughs) His vocal slaps like this is great so we, right. we kept that vocal and uh he just went in and added some more guitars and it's a very simple song but again sometimes that's i think the most beautiful thing about a song is it's just like raw and it just is what it is sure sure mm-hmm. well that if, i mean that record came out last year during yeah. the whole pandemic tell me where were you when that all happened and like did it affect that that ep and i'm sure it affected the new record a little bit as well yeah, so I think that I'm trying to even think on my, my quarantine COVID brain. I'm like, what year are we in? Right. Um, so that, yeah, we released that through, I guess, this whole COVID thing just right when it was starting. I think right when we went into lockdown, um, a few months later, we released my first single, Think of Me. Okay. So, it was, yeah, it's it definitely a different way of releasing things because there's no live performance element, mm-hmm. which usually, like, you release a record and you, like, try to get on a tour or, like, have a show. Sure. So had to adapt. And at that time, I was really just growing my team. Uh, my my brother came on as, like, a full-time manager. Um, Rad. And, yeah, it's so great. And then we were just slowly kind of trying to build this team. And now, now I have an amazing team. But at that moment, it was kind of just the two of us. And we didn't really know what to do. And we're like, let's just put the music out. Like, what else is there to do right now? Mm-hmm. So we released one song. And slowly got some attention from that and then had some calls and yeah, just put together our team still kind of being fully independent and uh, yeah, just kind of kept releasing music up until I guess June of last year. And then from June to August, I was just like in Winnipeg, my family, my parents kind of hanging out like all of us were right right um, writing a bit of music and then i ended up coming to toronto to just hang out for about six months and did some virtual sessions and wrote with aj and and sean and that's when we started writing for the album that's coming out this july i guess mm-hmm. later so it's a bit of a wow. timeline sorry my brain's like i haven't well, even thought about that in a while i think but. it's still t- i mean m- most people are probably thinking it's still 2019 let's yeah be honest <laughs> I know. What a year and a half it's been. <laughs> no kidding. For um, as far as like writing goes, was it hard to adapt to like the Zoom writing sessions? Like, how did you feel about doing those? Yeah, definitely a different energy <laughs> and an environment in the Zoom session. But it, we did get some really good stuff. I mean, it's better than not writing at all, right? So right. thank God for technology. But there, you can't be a real in-person session when you like hang out for the first two hours and then you kind of write a song or you write a full song it's just it's way more organic i think when it's less like okay we have five hours let's sit down and write a song right it's more like business right up front right i mean you get yeah. on the call you maybe you don't know the person very well and you're like okay uh i have this what like chord progression yeah. or something like how do you even begin do you have you i mean you must have to come to the table with something right you can't just yeah. be like let's try to figure something out yeah, I think usually depending on the session, like either it depends who you're writing for as well, right? It's like all coming with an idea and be like, you like this and either yes or no, or someone like a producer will come in with like a full track and we'll write to a track. But I think in my best sessions, the most creative sessions, someone usually comes in with 
like a, a concept or, or a theme for a song, even if they don't have lyrics, it's more of like a, okay, let's, let's try to do this thing. And then you walk out with more of a fuller song versus mm-hmm. starting from full scratch, unless someone has been going through a lot and they have lots to share. Sure. But it's interesting. Yeah. Is it hard to be, I mean, were most of the people that you wrote with over zoom people you had written with in the past? I, I think, yeah, I think every person who I wrote with over this whole quarantine period was like a new person. Oh, it was a new person that you had never written with. Yeah, which was wow, very interesting. But it's yeah. great and so nice to connect with people. I think I've just missed that the most. I mean, we're slowly opening up here back in Canada, but just like the whole human interaction thing is nice. Right. <laughs> I know Canada's kind of, you guys are kind of on the... The, the one of the last, the one of the last ones to kind of open up, right? Yeah, here in Toronto, patios just open, so I'm hoping to maybe even later tonight, just like go, just go for a walk, <laughs> see people, being with people. <laughs> oh, so they just opened up patios, so now you can at least go and like see somebody in an outdoor setting. Yes, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that what about, nice. where are you in the world? Um, I just moved to Nashville. My family and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. Uh, I originally, my whole family, we're all from San Diego, California. Oh, so I grew up in Southern California and then this is all new to us. I mean, we yeah. took our kids, picked up and moved, you know, all the way East and cause they were open here. I mean, our kids could go to school in person and, mm-hmm. and all of that, which was totally different. Point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, California was pretty locked down when we left and we now it's starting, I think actually today, June 15th, they're supposed to open up everything. So I don't know if that's happening. I guess I could call my family and ask, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty much open, like for a, at least a month here where wow, no man, I mean, last night, my, my younger son's and he does hip hop dance and oh, cool. Good for him. yeah. So we were, we were downtown Nashville and I mean, it was like, it was like 2018 down there. I mean, oh, bars are rocking and the hundreds of people are gathering around each other with no masks on it. It was just bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. I can't even imagine being like a young, young kid during this time too. It just must've been so strange to not see your friends. And I mean, it's been isolating for us all, but especially just being a kid. Yeah. I mean, I feel the, the people I feel really bad for were like the high school seniors that are missing like all of those like little, you know, prom and milestones like that. And not only that, like maybe the kids that were getting like scholarships for sports, like, and having all those things shut down, it's like, what do they do? Are you not going to college, obviously to play, say basketball at, you know, some big university or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know, but those are the people that I'm like, I mean, everybody, it sucks, but those kids, I'm like, ow, I really, really feel bad for them. Like in that aspect. Um, Yeah. So you're signed with universal music, right? Correct. Yeah. And how did, when did that, was that uh, a relationship that formed on the earlier or that second EP, the one that came out in 2020, or is this a new venture for you? Uh, this has been a fairly new venture, I believe. Was it November of 2020? I think we signed. <laughs> yeah. So towards the end of last year. Yeah. So it's been less than a year, um, but uh, it's been incredible. What was that like? I mean, signing to a major label, that's huge. It's kind of the goal, right? Yeah, it's been incredible. So my um, my brother and I and our business partner, Jerry, we found a music label called Infinity And uh, Record. Uh-huh. And through that um, through that whole thing, we, we got a connection with Universal Music um, for a distribution deal, which has been really cool. So it's been, yeah, it's been a learning curve in terms of being the artist, in terms of being someone involved in the business side, in terms of 
everything. It's been quite the year, but I'm I'm grateful for it. And Universal has been so incredible and shown so much support. So I'm excited to get this album out there with them. That's huge. That's huge. And the record's coming out next month? Uh, July 9th, yes. Very cool. Um, and you have at least, you have a couple singles out now, right? Yeah, I put out one uh, a few weeks ago, Who Could Say No? And then the one uh-huh. before that was Sad to See You Happy. Very cool. And was there like, with, with Sad to See You Happy, for example, the first first single, was there a reason that you selected that as the single and the next one moving forward? Or how did, how did that, that selection process yeah. go? I mean, it's always so hard by the end of, I think that the cycle when you're trying to just figure everything out, everyone has so many opinions and I change my mind every day. I'm like, wait, what if the single should have been this other one? That's like a B side. But I think at the end of the day, that one felt the most, it just felt right. And it felt like it's a good transition from that EP kind of into this album. Cause it's still pop. It's still kind of indie pop. Um, and I worked with some really great writers on that Jensen Vaughn, uh, as well as Sean and AJ. So it just felt right and summery and, and fun. We got to do a, a music video in LA for that one. So it kind of shows itself. Everyone's like, yeah, this, this one feels good. I, I kind of <laughs> my feeling if that makes sense. Sure. No, it makes total sense. It's cool. And you've done some of the live streaming things, right? I saw you did like the Dunkin' Latte Lounge and some yeah. of these other, like, how do you feel about doing those performances? It's different. They, they're great. Again, better than not performing at all, but it's, it's very strange to not have other people to connect with you know just mm-hmm. the camera you kind of have to try to like emulate that that energy of people being pumped up just with yourself which is kind of hard to do sometimes but i'm, I'm learning i'm working on it <laughs> you had a little bit of experience with that with well I, was there always a live audience when you did the launch or no or were you performing to a camera prior for the live performance at the end there was a live studio audience okay yeah. So it wasn't like you had that kind of experience with just you and a camera. Right. No. <laughs> I like acoustic things more virtually, but again, I think that's is they want to pick up guitar and like sing to a camera versus like perform a whole right. to a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, I'm sure you're excited to to get out and play this record to the world. Yes. Wow. I'm so excited. And I'm even just excited. I'm like already thinking beyond that. I'm like, I can't wait to make even more music and write with more people in person and hoping to go back to LA um, shortly, like sometime this summer. So mm-hmm. just excited in general for life to hopefully be back to normal and just to share this music and perform it live. I, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, I can't wait too. I mean, it's been a long ride for all of us. So <laughs> hopefully sooner than later, especially with the, I mean, at least stuff's opening up now in Canada for you guys. So yes, I, I think finally. that's amazing. Yeah. Knock on wood. So, I, hope, I hope it's so, for real. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoy going out tonight or today and, and seeing some people on the patios. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for, for having me. It's just so great. And so nice. No, I, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. I have one more question for you before I let you go, though. Yeah. What's up? Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah. I would. I would just say persistence and just keep keep doing you, keeping authentic. I think at the end of the day, people resonate with music the most when it's real and it's raw and 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 it's you. People can see through something that's not you. So be authentic and stay persistent. That's good.